This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I am Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are uh, broadcasting and still partying here in Washington, D.C. <laughs> Haven't had a string of good news like this in uh, quite a while. Thanks for listening. As always, you can subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel. Speaking of Patreon, I have sent a message out to our $15 tier subscribers to uh, send along what shirt size they are in their mailing address so that we can start shipping out some shirts. So um, be sure to check your messages if uh, this pertains to you and you haven't seen it yet. Um, Hoping to send uh, all these shirts out this week. Sam, how was your weekend? Uh, as good as mine? <laughs> uh, I guess. I, how was your weekend? I don't know how, how your weekend was. I mean, I was, was just good. scrolling on Twitter all weekend, and it was a blast. Oh, right. Oh, yes, of course, because of all the infections. of. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about that for a sec. Yeah, um, yeah it was, you know, it could have been longer the weekend. <laughs> Always, it can always be longer. Didn't um, have enough time to enjoy it. But fortunately, there is more good news to enjoy, as you said. And um, yeah, well, the whole nature of this is that we're not really sure when, when Trump is going to peak, hit his peak, and also how high that peak is going to be. <laughs> yeah, there's talk about Trump uh, possibly being uh, sent back to the White House from Walter Reed today. Um, I'm not sure how that's entirely possible, given what reporting there's been about his condition and the sort of treatment he's receiving to, uh, be sent back to the White House. Um, perhaps he is demanding this. I mean, it's really hard to figure out anything that's going on when even Trump's doctors are embarrassing themselves in these briefings and contradicting themselves on a daily basis. Um, I guess we could spend a lot of time uh, hypothesizing on what exactly is going on and what exactly the president's condition is. But, you know, maybe it'll all resolve itself in a few days here. <laughs> I mean, I want to see them release him tonight because obviously that would be premature and it increases the chances, I think, for this to go wrong. Um, and... It would just be delicious if he tried to do it as a show of strength and ended up, um, you know, really hurting himself. Another option is that, or another set of possibilities is that it does get bad for him, but it's like, it's a low and slow build. And recall that Herman Cain uh, died about a month after his first positive test, I believe. So, yeah. And after uh, a few early days of reports talking about how well he's doing and how he's going to beat it. Yeah. So uh, we could be looking at more of a uh, Tour de France length of entertainment here rather than just a Super Bowl, if you will, or a best of seven series. <laughs> well, let's we get could, in. We to... could be in this in, for, for the long haul. So, yeah, make, make sure you got good snacks in the cupboard. Yeah. Uh, let's get into the rest of what's going on. It's Monday, October 5th, 2020. Here's the news. White House Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany is the latest official in the White House to announce a positive <laughs> COVID diagnosis. 
Although McEnany has spent the last week in close proximity with multiple other staffers who've contracted the virus, she refused to quarantine in accordance with CDC guidelines, just blew off those guidelines. Uh, She's been briefing reporters without a mask on as recently as this morning, just a few hours before she tweeted out news of her positive test results. In her statement, McEnany appeared to offer an explanation for why she didn't quarantine after coming in contact with individuals with the virus by claiming that she's an essential worker. (laughs) So that means that at least 12 people now, including the president, his advisors and Republican senators, have tested positive for the virus, though the number is actually much higher than that. The administration is refusing to release even the raw number of infected people in the White House as the press secretary said in her maskless briefing this morning. Melissa mentioned that the West Wing is planning, you guys putting, planning to put out the number of staffers affected with COVID. She said you guys have the number. Do you know what the number is? No, there are um, privacy concerns we take very seriously, safeguarding uh, the information of the personnel here in the White House. Um, so uh, that's basically where we stand right now. Of course, no one is asking for names. They just want the numbers, which somehow violates medical privacy. Although it has since been reported that two of McEnany's aides have now also tested positive and that the number of positive cases within the White House could be as high as 29. 29 people working in the White House positive for COVID. So maybe the White House doesn't want people to know there's a full-on outbreak Safe to assume at this point that everyone working there has it until they confirm negative tests for the next few days. Meanwhile, in the Senate, things are even more bizarre. Senator Chuck Grassley is refusing to take a COVID test despite (laughs) multiple exposures with positive cases. The risk being if he tested positive would throw into chaos a plan to hold a confirmation hearing in a week for Trump's Supreme Court nominee, Amy Coney Barrett. Already, two members of the Judiciary Committee, Mike Lee and Tom Tillis, have tested positive for the virus. Senator Mitch McConnell is planning to put the Senate into recess until the 19th, but allowing the confirmation hearing for Barrett to continue on the 12th with COVID-positive senators appearing remotely. Mitch McConnell himself is being cagey about his own COVID test results. Connell has also come into contact with several people now positive, but over the weekend, he refused to inform reporters when his last test was and if he's planning to take another one. Uh, have you been tested today? Have you been tested since Saturday when you were at, I believe you were at the White House? Yeah, what we're doing in the Senate, what we're doing in the Senate is following the CDC guidelines we have since May when the Senate went back into session after being out for about five weeks when we were all sent home all over the country. And we're following the CDC guidelines. If you watched us, we've got our mask on, we practice social distancing, uh, we've got a few members in, in uh, quarantine at various times, but we've been able to function. With regard to specific questions about who's done what when, uh, I can assure you that we are practicing all of the CDC guidelines in the Senate all of them and have been since the first of May. That doesn't answer the question about you. I am answering your question. We are following the CDC guidelines. I'm not going to go into a, have I ever been tested yet? Well, have you been tested? I'm I'm not going to answer questions about when. We are following the guidelines that we are given by the CDC. 
So Republican senators are willing to die at this point to get a sixth seat on the Supreme Court. You both love and hate to see it, especially when you consider that the White House Rose Garden event last Saturday announcing Barrett's nomination is increasingly looking like the super spreader event behind this latest outbreak. In much less funny news, the FBI has refused to release any files on Michael Forrest Reinhold to the public. We asked the Bureau for its records on Reinhold through the Freedom of Information Act after he was killed by federal agents on September 3rd. The Bureau can't invoke the Privacy Act to withhold files on individuals after they die. In this case, however, the FBI cited the law enforcement exemption to FOIA in their response to us, quote, the records responsive to your request are law enforcement records. There is a pending or prospective law enforcement proceeding relevant to these responsive records, and a release of this information could reasonably be expected to interfere with law enforcement proceedings, end of quote. Just hours before Reinhold was gunned down by U.S. Marshals, He had told Vice News that he'd acted to defend himself and a friend when fatally shooting a member of the fascist militant group Patriot Prayer. Aaron J. Danielson was wielding bear mace and a collapsible baton when he was killed by Reinhold at a pro-Trump car rally through Portland, Oregon, featuring numerous acts of far-right violence caught on video before the incident. One week after Reinhold was killed, An eyewitness told the Washington Post that federal agents gave no warning when they opened fire on him, ostensibly in an operation to apprehend him. Here was what President Trump had to say about the incident on Fox News a few days after the Post's story. This guy was a violent criminal. Out of the mouth there. And the U.S. Marshals killed him. And I will tell you something, that's the way it has to be. There has to be retribution. We will be filing an administrative appeal to the FBI's denial of our request, but we might not do it for a while. We have until January 1st to file, and if Trump loses the election next month, we should probably file as close to inauguration as possible. If you're a FOIA guru, though, and you think otherwise, that this is just silly and we should file as soon as possible, call the rant line. Tell us. 202-684-6108. In news that begets the need for a climate stalling, internal documents from the nation's largest oil producer, ExxonMobil, show the company is planning to drastically increase its emissions over the next few years. The records obtained by Bloomberg show the multinational corporation is projecting a 17% rise in greenhouse gases by 2025. The increase in emissions would be the equivalent the total carbon output of an entire nation like Greece, a country that is party to the Paris Climate Accords. Companies like ExxonMobil are not bound by such carbon reduction treaties, even though they have footprints bigger than entire nations. The projections are even more shocking considering that Exxon has scrapped numerous fossil fuel production plans due to the COVID pandemic and lack of demand. But according to the company, those projects won't be canceled forever. Instead, they are simply on hold so that Exxon can preserve cash and win. If this all blows over, it's double time on the emission spigot. According to the documents, the company is planning to unleash a million more barrels of oil a day. That's 143 million tons of extra carbon dioxide a year. 
Capitalism is going to burn the world down. Finally, today was the first day of the Supreme Court's 2020 term and the first day of oral arguments after the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The court also released an order list this morning, taking up no new cases, but two conservative justices used the occasion to say that they want to re-examine Obergefell v. Hodges, the 2014 ruling that made marriage a right for same-sex couples. Justice Clarence Thomas made the declaration, co-signed by Justice Samuel Alito. It related to a case involving Kim Davis, the county clerk in Kentucky, who became a conservative hero for refusing to issue same-sex marriage licenses after the Obergefell decision. Davis was appealing a decision that allowed same-sex couples to sue her for denying them these marriage licenses. Ironically, Thomas and Alito said they agreed with the decision to deny Davis's appeal. In the words of Thomas, her petition, quote, implicates important questions about the scope of our decision in Obergefell, but it does not cleanly present them. The two justices still, of course, sympathized with Davis, calling her a victim, and lashed out at the idea that gay marriage should be considered a civil right. Thomas said, quote, Obergefell enables courts and governments to brand religious adherents who believe that marriage is between one man and one woman as bigots. Uh, they are. Also, quote, due to Obergefell, those with sincerely held religious beliefs concerning marriage will find it increasingly difficult to participate in society without running afoul of Obergefell and its effect on other anti-discrimination laws. I mean, that's kind of the point. That's why... The Supreme Court ruled that uh, Jim Crow was not okay, so that people who held uh, views and tried to implement them in due course of running their business on uh, using public resources, that anyway. In 2018, the Supreme Court already watered down Obergefell, ruling in favor of a baker that wouldn't make a wedding for gay couples. Justices said that state civil rights commissions had to be, quote, religiously neutral, and that the dipshit baker wasn't handled with the kid gloves that religious conservatives believe they're entitled to. Dana Bash at CNN reporting that a source familiar with POTUS phone calls from the hospital today says Trump is, quote, saying, I need to get out of here. (laughs) He's being warned that if he rushes to leave the hospital and has a setback, it would be bad for not just his health, but his reelection campaign. Say, let him leave. Just a few Send days the ago, president he was home. freaking out. Doesn't want to end up like Stan Chera, his friend who died of COVID, uh, now hopped up on all sorts of steroids and experimental medications. Trump uh, is desperate to get out of the hospital. I, I say that the president should be listened to, uh, that his, uh, his lived experience here is important. And... Uh, you know, they need to let him free. I agree. That music means the newscast is over and it's time to move on to the poetry portion of the show where we read haiku for all our new subscribers over at patreon.com slash district sentinel. This is for Ricky. Trump has the disease. Trump might die of the disease. That would be awesome. Thank you, Ricky. 
This one goes out to Glenn. Eight months into it, White House hosts super spreader. The best news all year. Thank you, Glenn. This is for Claire. Who's on your wish list? Many people want this one. Michael Pompeo. Thank you, Claire. That is indeed a good one. Mine is uh, Bill Barr. Finally, this is for Sam. Hey, Sam. Melania has it. Opix 2. Both likely live. Chris Christie, no chance. <laughs> thank you, Sam. Yes, thank you, Sam. And thanks to all the new subscribers. That's patreon.com slash district sentinel. Subscribe today. Get access to all the bonus content. Get your own haiku. Get a month free subscription to Means TV. It's a great deal. You can't beat it. Patreon.com slash district sentinel. That's the show for today. We will be back tomorrow with a brand new newscast and hopefully some more good news to report. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be.